Good morning, everyone. May God bless you. Thank you for listening in to our live broadcast. Uh, I'm Jason DeMars, and uh, if you're listening to this on uh, uh, iTunes or um, through Spotify on the podcast recording, just want to let you know you can contact me uh, if you're listening to the uh, at jasondemars.com. If you're listening to this on any one of the social media platforms or YouTube, you can feel free to comment, and I will do my best to get back to you with any on any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies. Um, we're going to continue on to part five of the training of ministers, and we were speaking before about uh, not circumventing the leadership of the Holy Spirit in the lives of believers that were we're leading. We are just a tool in the hands of God to teach people how to find the leadership of the Holy Spirit for themselves. We're not to be there and be the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Um, that's Nicolaitan. That's the wrong approach. That's the wrong attitude. That's the wrong idea. God wants to lead his own people. And so um, that Nicolaitan system uh, of organization is very destructive and um, God hates it and he wants us to hate it ourselves. Um, and so, you know, Brother Branham talks about that in the uh, Church Ages book, how each believer has the leadership of the Holy Ghost and each church is to have uh, the pure ministry of the Holy Spirit with signs and wonders and manifestations uh, of the Spirit. Um, God wants to be the leader of his people. That's In the Old Testament there was such a problem because Samuel rebuked the people. They wanted the leadership of man. They wanted a king. They didn't want God to lead them. And in the New Covenant, God says, I will personally lead the people. I will personally direct the people. Um, but pe the, the people want to put the leadership of the Holy Ghost aside in order to follow the leadership of a, of a man. The leadership of the Holy Spirit apart from, we'll put it this way, they organized the group and put the leadership into that group of men or one man uh, and taken the leadership of the Holy Spirit and his word. When that happens, death enters in. We are not to be the leader of the church. We are to be the facilitator of God working in people's lives. We're not to separate um, the, the ministry from the believers. Ministry is there to serve. It's not there to be served. It's not there to be lay back and wait for people to give tithes and wait on them and take care of them. And then we just show up to preach. 
we are there to be a channel for the Holy Spirit to teach and lead others, but the leadership is the Lord's. God will lead them and God will lead you. When Brother Branham's explaining Nicolaitanism in the Church Ages book, he says, to conquer, it means to conquer the laity. And it says, now why is this such a terrible thing? It is terrible because God has never placed his church in the hands of an elected leadership which moves with political mindedness. He has placed his church in the care of God-ordained, spirit-filled, word-living men who lead the people through feeding them the word. Did you hear that? In training ministers, we've done this overseas, we're not here to help make every decision in a believer's life and to control that decision and to manipulate them and then rebuke them publicly for not following what we've told them to do. He's placed his church in the care of God-ordained, so they're called. They have a calling from God. They can go and point back, God called me on such and such a day through such and such a circumstances. You may not have the exact date, but you can speak about, this is how God led me, this is how God dealt with me, this is how God spoke to me, God has called me and ordained me to this ministry. Next is Spirit-filled. They can say, I've been filled with the Spirit. They can tell the testimony of how God dealt with them and filled them with the Holy Spirit. Word-living men, they don't have to make up a big story. They can simply tell their testimony that reveals that they're living the Word. They're, and you don't even have to question it. Their life speaks that they're living the Word. And they lead the people through telling them what to do in every circumstances, through giving them the answer of what car they should buy and house they should look to and where they should go and what they should do, what they should do, what they shouldn't do. And now it says, who lead the people through feeding them the word. What did, what did he say? Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof. Our leadership comes by feeding them the word. Then Brother Branham in the Church Age book goes on to say he's not separated the people into classes so that the masses are led by a holy priesthood. It is true that the leadership must be holy, but then so must the whole congregation. Further, there is no place in the word where priests or ministers or such mediate between God and the people, nor there is there a place where they are separated in their worship of the Lord. God wants all to love and serve him together. Nicolaitanism, Nicolaitanism destroys those precepts and instead separates the ministers from the people and makes them leaders, makes the leaders overlords instead of servants. Now this doctrine actually started in the first age as a deed. It appears the problem lay in two words, elders and overseers. Though scripture shows that there are several leaders, elders in each church, some began, Ignatius among them, to teach that the idea of a bishop was one of preeminence or authority or control over the elders. And so, uh, we'll continue on. Bishops still claim power to control men and deal with them as they desire, placing them where they, will, where they so will in the ministry. So 
as leaders, as ministers, as missionaries, we are not to go and place people in ministry wherever we desire. It has to be where the Holy Spirit leads that individual minister. Brother Branham says, This denies the leadership of the Holy Ghost who said, Separate me, Paul and Barnabas, for the work whereunto I have called them. This is anti-word and anti-Christ. God wants to have the leadership of the Holy Spirit in every single believer. And so we as ministers have to be so, so, so careful not to circumvent the leadership of the Holy Spirit. We teach and guide and feed through the Word, but we don't control the people. We teach them to submit and surrender their lives to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want, that's what our desire needs to be for His people. It says, Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. As ministers, we're not supposed to be proud and lifted up. Why? Because God literally sets himself against us when we're proud. If we think, if we think that we're important because of our heritage, because of our, um, because of the success we've had in, in ministry, if we feel that we're better and more uh, important than believers in the church, um, we feel we're above them, we speak like we're above them, we speak like we're better than them, uh, that's recognizable and people don't like that. And especially God doesn't like that. God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 6, humble yourselves. This is 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Humble, humble yourself and let God put you in the place that he wants you to be. You wait on his leadership. God will bring you to the ministry and to the place and the purpose that he has for you in his season. God trains his ministry. God trains the, his ordained ministers, not ordained by a seminary, a church, but ordained by the true living word of God. So God deals with each minister. God deals with each ministry. God places them where he wants to place them. It's not on a bishop to place a minister in a certain, certain place. That doesn't mean there isn't involvement, especially in missionary work overseas. There is involvement of ministers and ministries in working together and speaking about, can, uh, we need oversight in this church, we need oversight in this place. Uh, when we're talking about overseas ministry, but even such, they need to be voted in by the local church, and that church needs to be handed over to the local people and the local ministry. God will bring you and place you in your ministry in due time. You need to wait on Him to do it. Let Him guide you. Let Him lead you. Let Him bring circumstances together for you to be in the place that you want Him to be, casting all your care upon Him, for He cares 
for you. Sometimes that's the most stressful and difficult place is when you know you're called to a ministry, but you don't know the place where he wants you to be. And that's the dangerous place because Satan can watch and see and know about the calling of God in a man's life. And he can even ordain the circumstances where there is a great test where the man will come and his, the, his, his gift is making room for him and he's being blessed in his ministry and other people are being blessed and they feel built up and helped even in a way that's different from the local pastor. And that minister can get lifted up in his mind and say, hey, I need, I need to make a place for myself. I'm going to start a church and all of a sudden it brings a church split and it brings a, a, a destruction on that local church. Why? Because a man couldn't wait for God's due time. He couldn't wait for God to put him in the place that he wanted him to be in the time that God wanted him to be. He lost his patience. They that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. Don't, don't run ahead of God. You wait upon Him. But when the time comes, it'll be clear. And you'll know, move forward now. So with that said, we'll finish up. We still haven't gotten to 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. If you have any questions, prayer requests, or testimonies, please let me know at jasondemars.com. May the Lord richly bless you.